Hey, everybody out there in podcast land, what is up? The Fortress of Rock is alive and kicking. No, we don't have any references to Simple Minds on this episode, but we begin the second 100 episodes. Hopefully, you listened to last week's great and glorious celebration of our 100th podcast episode, where I counted down my personal favorite 100 best rock performers of all time. But now we move on. We get back into the flow of giving you the best when it comes to the headlines in rock and roll, reviews of music, concerts, songs, traveling back in time to let you know about significant moments in rock history on this day, which happens to be July the 21st, 2023, episode 101 of the Fortress of Rock. I, of course, am your host, the maestro Kevin Crane, each and every Friday night. Lots of news, lots of interesting things to talk about. Some bands leaving us or in the process of leaving us. Some bands coming back, a couple of surprising resurrections. So why don't we start with those? I have to admit, this first story gave me some heart palpitations. Got a little stressed out because you guys should know by now, after 100 episodes of The Fortress of Rock, I am a huge fan of Alter Bridge. Miles Kennedy and Mark Tremonti and the guys who were formerly in Creed. Of course, not Miles Kennedy because he's 57,000 times better than Scott Stapp. But I don't know if it's a money grab. I don't know what's going on. But for the first time in over a decade, the original members of Creed. Yes, that would include three quarters of Alter Bridge are getting back together to perform on something called the Summer of 99 Cruise, April the 18th through the 22nd of next year. Three Doors Down will be performing on this cruise. I The, the whole cruise thing, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I know they've had Kiss Cruises. There's been rock fantasy camp cruises. That's a first world problem. Sorry, I can't afford a regular cruise, let alone a cruise with concerts on the Lido deck. And plus, I really don't like to see Creed getting back together. Of course, number one, because of the the implication of what it means for the future of Alter Bridge, but number two, they just weren't that good. They just weren't that good. So if you've got a few thousand bucks to burn, you want to go on a cruise and see Creed, go for it. Again, April the 18th through the 22nd of 2020. 24, the summer of 99 cruise. This is a band I've really never listened to. 
<laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll try him out here at some point on the Fortress of Rock. Kind of like listening to Dolly Parton doing rock covers. Dog Star is back. Dog Star, of course, famous bass player Keanu Reeves. They are back with their first album in 23 years. They will be out on tour, and they have released a music video. Again, I felt obligated to report this. I'm not sure how I feel about it. You know, Johnny Depp's out there playing rock and roll. What, Stephen King has a cover band? that he's well known for there's just something about celebrities movie actors and actresses writers saying hey i'm so freaking talented i can do more than just what i was exceedingly popular at to begin with and there's nothing wrong with it that's fine In this case, I'm usually pretty big on calling out people for being pretentious, but let Keanu Reeves, Johnny Depp, Stephen King have their fun. You got to let John Wick play some rock and roll, kids. Is that what Doug Star plays? Rock and roll, I hope. Pop rock, whatever it is. Again, maybe... I will listen to it at some point. All right, let's talk about some bands that are going away. We talked about Mr. Big's farewell tour, and it has begun overseas in China this past Sunday, July the 16th. Mr. Big began their farewell tour again. La di freaking da. Was never a huge fan of Mr. Big. Couple good songs, but not the legendary rock band that they seem to think they are or were. Now, a rock band that is legendary, even though I don't like them all that much. The Grateful Dead offshoot, Dead and Company. Sorry, again, I'm cheap. I don't have a cough button. Dead and Company played their final show again this past Sunday, July the 16th at San Francisco's Oracle Park. Phenomenal drone light show is my understanding. Of course, John Mayer is now part of this Dead and Company offshoot. Honestly, kids, I will admit the Grateful Dead as a very weak, weak spot in my rock and roll knowledge. I think I know three or four Grateful Dead songs, and that's it. Even though I like Dave Matthews' band, Pearl Jam, I just never got into the hippy-dippy jam band stuff with the Grateful Dead. And if you missed them, too bad. It's over. 
Let's move on to tour news involving bands that are still going strong. I almost said alive and kicking again. Bad podcasting, Kev. Bad podcasting. Do not repeat yourself. Do you guys know how I feel about the pretenders? Nah. Again, if it wasn't for the fact that they got coronated as Rock and Roll Hall of Famers ahead of so many other bands that were more worthy than them, I wouldn't have this bitterness towards the pretenders. But thanks, John Wenner. Here you go. I officially don't like the pretenders because of you. Now we know they're uh, opening on dates for Guns N' Roses, but they have announced a nine-date club tour where they're going to intersperse these intimate shows between opening for the, the big boys, Axel and Slash and Duff. This nine-date club tour will extend, again, wherever they can fit it in, August through October of this year. Godsmack, who we will be reviewing live in concert next month on the Fortress of Rock, has extended their tour. They have announced a North American fall leg of their current tour, which will run September and October. 25 more dates added. Stained will not be with them on this particular jaunt. Of course, I will be seeing Stained with Godsmack again in August. Varying opening acts. Nothing exciting to report, in my opinion. Outside of Godsmack, of course. Godsmack's awesome. September and October, 25 more dates. Go check out Godsmack, Sully Erna, and the boys. The dual drum battle that they have that's a tradition at every show is phenomenal. Yes, Sully Erna plays drums, and he kicks butt. My man, Wolfgang Van Halen. Mammoth WVH announcing a North American headlining tour November and December of 2023. 25 dates opening for them. Alice Cooper's guitarist extraordinaire, Nita Strauss. Really, really want to go see Mammoth again, but I'm trying to restrain myself. I have seen them three times in the last two years. I might hold off. Yes, there can be too much of a good thing. Now, in other rock and roll news, this past Sunday, big things happening this past Sunday, July the 16th, we had the start of Mr. Big's farewell tour, the end of Dead & Company in terms of touring, and in Quebec, Canada. Did we hear the latest from Green Day live in concert? They debuted a fast, I believe the song's barely two minutes, 
tune called 1981. Again, debuted in Quebec live in concert this past Sunday. Rumors are that it could be part of this mysterious project they have been calling 1972 that they've been alluding to. So we will see. I like Green Day a lot as long as I don't have to listen to Billy Joe Armstrong whine and cry and complain about politics. Outside of that, I'm great. I'm cool with Green Day. Not necessarily rock and roll, but intriguing nonetheless for all of you true you true crime devotees out there. A search warrant was served here recently in Henderson, Nevada. Why is this significant to the world of music? Because rumors are it is connected to the unsolved 1996 fatal shooting of one Tupac Shakur. Can't wait for the the eight-part Netflix special that I'm sure is coming down the road now. And then finally, of course, as we wrap up News of the World, our tribute, as always, to Freddie Mercury and Queen. Wrapping up the headlines, the big news of the week in music. One of our favorite sources, if not our favorite source, for stories, headlines, reviews, pop culture news, is ultimateclassicrock.com. And they recently posted a story that got me all fired up. That was opposed to the news that I led this segment off with where I almost had a heart attack because in a bad way, because Creed was getting back together and I was scared to death about the breakup of Alter Bridge until I found out it was just a one-off cruise deal. Hopefully that's all it is. Mark Tremonti, you better not abandon my man, Miles Kennedy, one of the most brilliant, talented rockers out there right now. He'll do fine without you. You will not do fine without him. How dare you, if you're even thinking, if you're even entertaining the thought of going back to Scott Stapp. But the big news that Ultimate Classic Rock had for us Van Halen fans, they tracked down 25 rarities, unreleased Van Halen songs available on YouTube. Guess what the maestro is doing this coming weekend after he gets back home from seeing Foreigner and Loverboy. Yeah, you got it. Saturday, I am spending all my time on YouTube tracking down all these Van Halen songs. Now, I'm sure I've heard some of them. But now, according to the article, these 25 songs do not include, there's like an addendum to this story. Because we all know the last Van Halen album, which was phenomenal. And by the way, shame on Spotify. Shame on Spotify for not having a different kind of truth on their service anymore. 
I would love to know the reasoning behind this. I think the first two singles are still available, Tattoo and She's a Woman. Outside of that, the album is not available on Spotify. Please, for the love of all that is good and holy in the world of rock and roll, tell me how, why Spotify doesn't have a different kind of truth on their service right now. But I digress. In addition to these 25 videos, posted songs on YouTube, they do break down, I believe it's seven songs that were reworked, turned into the tracks that we now know and love off of that final Van Halen album, A Different Kind of Truth. I got into an argument one time on a bus coming back from a Chicago Cubs game with a guy who self-professed Van Halen expert trying to argue with me and tell me that a different kind of truth was 100% reworked, redone old Van Halen stuff. And I said, no, some of it is. Obviously, we know some of it is, but not all of it. Not all of those songs are reworked old stuff from the 70s and the 80s. Oh, yeah, it's all reworked. It's all seven songs, okay? Seven songs were reworked. I win again. I don't claim to know everything about Van Halen, and I obviously don't claim to know everything about music, but if I think I'm right, I am like a pit bull. I do not let go. And I'm still bitter about this 10 years after the fact. Huh. Don't tell me how many reworked classic unreleased Van Halen songs were redone for a different kind of truth. And that's going to do it. Segment one is over. I think we've started off our second 100 episodes fairly well. But next up, speaking of Van Halen, how about this for a segue? Our featured album review of the week. The 40th anniversary of the Starfleet Project Sessions featuring Brian May of Queen and the great and glorious Edward Van Halen, Alan Gratzer, drummer for REO Speedwagon. We will get into it more in breakdown. Quick promo break. I'll be right back. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fortress of Rock podcast with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane, of course. That was segment one, the news of the world, our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, where we look back at the past week in rock and roll and all the news and all the controversies that you deserve to know about. Next up is the heart of the show, the meat and potatoes breakdown, where we are going to review all the new songs, all the new albums all the new concert tours, the shows that I've seen personally. Stay tuned for that. Of course, we're now available on Spotify, Anchor, 
Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Hang out, kids. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back. Segment two of the Fortress of Rock. July the 21st, 2023, episode 101. And again, awesome segue from segment one to segment two. Breakdown segment two, of course, our tribute to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. The best in new music, concert reviews. We ended segment one talking about all of these glorious, unreleased songs from the early days of Van Halen, for the most part. Now we will discuss another semi-lost project involving Eddie Van Halen. Brian May of Queen has put out a couple different versions of the Starfleet Project Sessions. Single CD and then, of course, a box set. I don't know how you can stretch basically what amounts to a three-song EP into a box set, but he's done it. And this is for, for diehard Van Halen and Queen fans only. Now, Starfleet was this kind of cheesy Japanese kids show in the spirit of Thunderbirds. If you're of my generation, you know what I'm talking about. And Brian May's kid was Netsi Cuckoo Gaga over Starfleet. So he basically bothered, chided, pestered his father into trying to re-record to do his own take, his own version of the theme from this show, Starfleet. So he gathered together some of his friends, and it turned into a short-lived but fantastic supergroup. The big three in the Starfleet project were, of course, Brian May, guitarist for Queen, Edward Van Halen, no other descriptors necessary. And Alan Gratzer, drummer for Aria Speedwagon in their heyday. Joined by Phil Chen and Fred Mandel, those five gentlemen made up what is now a semi-legendary supergroup Starfleet the Starfleet Project, the Starfleet Session. So what I'm reviewing is the single disc version. I have delved into being an Eddie Van Halen fanatic, delved into some of the box set. And again, this was initially way back in the 80s, a three-song EP. The... Song Starfleet, of course, which we've just discussed. 
song called Let Me Out, which is more of a traditional bluesy rock song with Brian May singing lead vocals, and then a long, long all-out jam, no vocals, kind of a tribute to Eric Clapton called Blues Breaker. So those three songs together, again, give you an EP, gives you about 25, 28 minutes of music. But now this new version, the 40th anniversary CD, throws in a couple interviews from the radio. Yes, the radio kids with Brian May speaking with Cynthia Fox. And then, of course, the legendary Bob Coburn of Rockline. Again, my generation knows who I'm talking about. They throw in a couple live tracks. No, Edward Van Halen not featured on these live tracks. This is more of a Brian May piecing together a band, doing a live version of Let Me Out. Couple different versions of We Will Rock You, regular and fast. And then a different version of the Starfleet theme. So now, not technically going to go track by track. I just told you the nine tracks. And I'm not going to review interviews. (laughs) Sorry. But overall, this is fun. If you've got Spotify, you got Pandora, you find it on there, you want to listen to the first three songs, I think for the most part, that's where you should stop. Now, what I would do, though, I would switch it up a little bit. I would take the final song on the nine-song CD and flip it. The longer song, the longer version of Starfleet is much better than the radio edit that kicks off the album. So I would play the extended version of Starfleet, the full version, then Let Me Out, then Blues Breaker. That gives you the best idea of what you're dealing with here. And of course, they're having fun. You can tell they're having a blast. In one of the interviews featured on the CD, Brian May talks about how on that longer version of Starfleet, They wanted to stop a couple times, and Edward Van Halen, Eddie would not let them. Eddie would not let them. He would just, he just started things up again. And I can tell you for sure, there is at least one spot where it's blatantly obvious on that extended full version of Starfleet where you can hear the drummer, Alan Gratzer, trying to finish things up, and Eddie just keeps going in a very subtle way, but he just keeps going. So again, this is just a fun, fun little visitation back to the heyday of a brief supergroup. And I'll be honest with you, I don't remember Starfleet. And that was my heyday. That was my wheelhouse of rock and roll knowledge was the late 70s, early 80s. 
and I just don't remember Starfleet at all. So when Brian May started talking about this and talking about a 40th anniversary reissue, very intriguing for me. And it, again, just fun. Had to hear some Eddie Van Halen that I'd really never gotten to listen to before. So that in and of itself brings me joy and pleasure. Now, as I mentioned, there's a box set version, and that is for the absolute diehard fanatics out there. Multiple takes on the Starfleet song. Some of them are fun. You can hear Eddie Van Halen noodling around, and I swear on the, I believe it's the first take for the song Starfleet, you can hear him playing the riff to top of the world. I'm telling you, call me crazy. That's how that take of Starfleet starts off with Eddie playing that riff that would come to become, become a huge hit for the incarnation of Van Halen, of course, with Sammy Hagar as lead singer, pretty much a decade later. And I give Brian May credit for doing this. Um, he sings lead vocal on Starfleet, what little lyrics there are. And then he sings, let me out. I could have heard in my mind, my rock and roll mind, I could hear Freddie Mercury singing those two songs. Because Starfleet is basically an alternate version of Flash Gordon, the theme song from Flash Gordon. Boy, would that have been something, though. Pare it down. Not trying to say anything bad about Phil Chen or Fred Mandel, but Freddie Mercury, Alan Gratzer, Brian May, and Eddie Van Halen. I know, who's playing bass, right? But that would have been a true supergroup. So, do I recommend it? Yeah, again, I wouldn't spend money on it. Unless you're like me and you are a diehard Van Halen aficionado. Otherwise, just check it out on Spotify. Like I said, listen to the full version of Starfleet, then listen to Let Me Out and Blues Breaker. A fun little review here this week on The Fortress. Starfleet Project. The 40th Anniversary reissue a couple new songs to discuss let's just get it out of the way right now you know i love the hives i cannot wait for the new album coming out in august the third single from the death of randy fitzsimmons rigor mortis radio and just like the first two releases it's fun it's catchy it's quirky, it's The Hives. I cannot wait for this album. Three songs in, and they are all tremendous. Of course, we started off with 
bogus operandi and then countdown to shutdown. Now we get rigor mortis radio. I'm still going to stick by my guns for now and say that Queens of the Stone Age in Times New Roman is still halfway through the year, the front runner for the album of the year here on the Fortress of Rock, but the hives are really starting to build some momentum. Check out Rigor Mortis Radio. Now, they don't have a fancy video for it like they they put out for the first two songs. So, be prepared for that. And then finally, we move on to the struts. The struts like Dirty Honey, who we will talk about here in a little bit. One of those bands that's supposed to be the next generation of rock and roll. They're going back to the roots. They're going back to the 70s style rock and roll that we all know and love. A little bit of pop, a little bit of disco, a little bit of everything. But you can hear it when you listen to Dirty Honey and the, the struts. You can hear they are paying homage to all the bands that we loved in the 70s and the early 80s. Now, I am not as high on the struts as some other people. I don't hate them. I've seen them in concert twice. They're fun. They're energetic. Just not really my cup of tea. I like Dirty Honey a little bit more. The struts are a little too polished. Feel a little too structured and formulaic. Lead singer, obviously trying to be Freddie Mercury. But you have to give them credit. You have to give them props. Again, for trying to keep the spirit of older rock and roll, an old style of rock and roll alive. You got all those bands out there like Disturbed and Five Finger Death Punch who just, you know, they just want to scream until the paint peels off the walls. And it's just not something that I enjoy. This is more my speed. But again, I can take the struts. I can leave the struts. I probably lean towards taking them. And their new song, Too Good at Raising Hell, perfect example of how I feel about this band. Too Good at Raising Hell is the the great example of a song that is listenable, catchy, well done, well sung, well performed, but doesn't seem to have a lot of heart behind it. It's glossy. It's manufactured. Now, I've got a friend who went to see the Struts recently. I haven't seen them for a year or two, at least. He saw them recently, and he told me they played this song live, and it is much, much better live than the kind of sterile take you get 
if you listen to it on Spotify or Pandora, wherever you stream your music. But again, it's a solid, competent song. Check it out. I will say check everything out this week. Don't buy anything until The Hive's new album comes out. But The Hive's rigor mortis radio, great. The Struts, too good at raising hell. Solid, decent, worth a listen. Maybe you'll like it more than me. And then finally, of course, our nostalgia trip. Going back to the 80s with Brian May and Eddie Van Halen for the Starfleet Project Sessions. But that is going to do it for segment two. Breakdown is over next week. Spoiling a little bit from segment four. I've been talking about it for weeks and weeks. Foreigner and Loverboy kick off six straight weeks of live music reviews. But we'll talk more about that in segment four. Quick promo break. Doc Brown and I are heading out to the garage, dropping the drawbridge here at the Fortress, heading out into the rock and roll time stream in the DeLorean to discuss classic moments in rock and roll history. Give me one minute. I will be right back. All right, now that we've looked at the current state of music in our breakdown segment, it is time to climb into the DeLorean and travel back in time to look back at moments in rock and roll history, birthdays, deaths, anniversaries of song and album releases. It is time for I Want to Go Back, our tribute to Eddie Money. Stay tuned. And as always, we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, everybody, it is time for segment three. I know a lot of you out there find this to be the best segment each and every week. Those of you who want to Go on a nostalgia trip with Doc Brown and I in the Rock and Roll DeLorean and discuss what happened on this day in rock and roll history. This day would be July the 21st, here episode 101 of the Fortress of Rock. But before Doc Brown drops us out of the rock and roll time stream and we start looking in and discussing these classic moments and birthdays in rock and roll history. It is that time we have got to take care of business. Number one, you found us somewhere, somehow you're listening to us, but you are, you have options. We all want options. I mean, my God, look at the, the options you have at Taco Bell or McDonald's or Wendy's. You have options. You can listen to The Fortress of Rock on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Amazon, Audible, iHeartRadio, and for another month or so before it fades into the sunset, Stitcher. 
Really sad to see Stitcher go. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page. As always, Weekend Rock Project posted here right around the same time as the podcast episode each and every Friday night. This week, of course, in tribute to the first live show here of six consecutive weekends of live shows, we ask for your favorite songs from Foreigner and Loverboy. Not going to tell you mine. You're going to have to check it out on the website, on the Facebook page, to find out which songs I picked as my favorites from Foreigner and Loverboy. And of course, every Sunday is New Music Sunday where we post a video, whether it's a fully produced video, a lyric video, what they call a visualizer, whatever it might be, just to get the music out there so you can listen to it and tell us what you think. And I am not sure yet what we're going to put out there for New Music Sunday here this coming Sunday. Could be the Hives. Again, like I said, though, they don't have a fully produced awesome video out there like they had for their first two singles. So I don't know yet. I don't know. Last weekend was Dirty Honey. And we'll talk more about Dirty Honey in the fourth and final segment. Also, we mentioned Ultimate Classic Rock at the beginning of the show when we talked about that great, great story they posted about those 25 unreleased rarities, never before heard Van Halen songs floating around out there on YouTube. Ultimate Classic Rock, one of three main sources that we use here on The Fortress to give you your headlines in rock and roll in segment one and hear the historical dates and birthdays in I Want to Go Back. Of course, I Want to Go Back, our tribute to the late, great Eddie Money. UltimateClassicRock.com thisdayinmusic.com, and the Van Halen News Desk. All right, let's get into it. Let us start off with anniversaries this week. How about that? July the 21st, 2004. Noted TV and movie composer, Jerry Goldsmith died on this day. You might know him best for putting together the music for the movies early on in the Planet of the Apes series, the TV show The Man from Uncle, and probably most famously, the original series of Star Trek. July the 21st, 1994, a band, I know some friends of mine who, who just love this band, and they had their little moment in the sun here in the United States with the album What's the Story, Morning Glory. Of course, hit singles like Champagne Supernova, 
but really never connected here in the U.S. I tried, tried to get into them. They were okay. But again, I know friends who are fanatical about Oasis. Oasis, of course, famous for the, the brothers, the infighting, the bickering, kind of like the Black Crows. Throwing punches, haymakers, getting in fights before, during, after shows. The Gallaghers, Liam and Noel. Again, Oasis, very small but loyal fan base, I guess, is the way to put it here in the States. Of course, overseas in Great Britain, massively popular, hugely popular. On this day in 1994, Oasis played their very first show in the United States in New York City. July the 21st, 1987. Now, we just mentioned last week the passing of the cover artist for this ridiculously popular, influential album. One of the greatest albums of all time. In my opinion, overplayed, but you cannot deny the greatness of this album. Kind of like Back in Black. Kind of like Pyromania. Influential beyond belief. Again, heard, a, heard the song so many times over and over and over again. Maybe some of the luster has come off the album. But again, we talked about the death of the cover artist, and now this week we celebrate July the 21st, 1987, the release of Guns N' Roses' debut album, Appetite for Destruction. I'm sure there, there are some out there, but you tell me, have you ever met a true rock and roll fan who did not think Appetite for Destruction was fantastic. I have never met anybody who said, eh, it's all right. It's got a nice beat, but I can't dance to it. <clears throat> this is not like Nirvana. Nirvana is a lot more polarizing. You will find people when it comes to Nevermind myself included, who say not worth all the hype and buildup. But I have never heard anybody say anything like that about Appetite for Destruction. Appetite sold 18 million copies in the United States, making it the best-selling U.S. debut album of all time. And again, overplayed, but still holds up to this day. I just don't want to hear Sweet Child of Mine for maybe five years. You know, could we just moratorium? Please, please. 
And finally, in anniversaries, before we move on to birthdays, July the 21st, 1973, the number one single in the United States was bad, bad Leroy Brown, baddest man in the whole damn town. Tragically, the man that sang that song, Jim Croce, died three months later. Three months after Bad Bad Leroy Brown hit number one on the U.S. singles chart on this day, July the 21st in 1973. All right, birthdays. July the 21st, 1961. Another band that I really never got into but has a small, devoted following, and that would be Faith No More. Their guitarist, Jim Martin, born on this day in 1961. The sad tale of Howie Epstein, born on July the 21st, 1955. Most of us remember him as the replacement, the second bass player for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers after Ron Blair. Of course, Howie Epstein unfortunately became a statistic, became a typical, a stereotype of rock and roll excess, overindulging in drugs, leading to his death. Howie Epstein born on this day in 1955. Again, this isn't my cup of tea. This is maybe some of you out there, you hippie dippies, get into this guy. Born July the 21st, 1948. He used to be known as Cat Stevens. Now, of course, Yusef Islam Whatever you want to call him, I say, meh. To quote that idiot David Crosby talking about Eddie Van Halen. July the 21st, 1946, Herman's Hermits. Great band from the 60s. Their drummer, Barry Whitwam born on this day in 1946. And then finally, wrapping up, I want to go back. July the 21st, 1931, the birthday for one plus Johnson. Who, you might ask? Maestro is plus Johnson. Pretty much very, very famous for one little snippet of music. He played saxophone. He was the man who played the saxophone solo in the theme from the Pink Panther. Nice gig if you can get it. One little solo and you're a marked man in rock and roll history forever and ever. That was the dude 
who played that killer sax riff in the theme from the Pink Panther. All right, segment three is over. It's done. Doc Brown and I heading back to the garage here at the Fortress of Rock, but we're not done yet. One last segment left, as you all know. Have to look forward to the next month or so. Discuss what's coming up in the next few episodes of the Fortress of Rock. Songs, concert reviews, albums. One last promo break. And a few more minutes of me, the maestro, coming up for you. Stay tuned. Well, we hope you enjoyed our trip back in time, looking back at the anniversaries, the classic moments in rock and roll history. But of course, the DeLorean works both ways. So now we have to move forward. The last segment here, as always, on the Fortress of Rock with me, the maestro Kevin Crane. Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's all about the future. What's coming out here in the next month or two? What songs? What albums? What concert tours? That's why we call it Wrap It Up. Thanks to the fabulous Thunderbirds. Thanks to you for hanging out. Here comes our final segment. All right, you know what time it is. Tribute time for the fabulous Thunderbirds. It is Wrap It Up here, the fourth and final segment here on The Fortress of Rock. Episode 101, July the 21st, 2023, with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane, and you, whoever you might be. Glad to have you aboard. Glad to have you around for the first 100 episodes of this podcast with at least another 100, 200, 300, 400 more to go. So wrap it up, of course, we talk about what you've got to look forward to in terms of reviews in the breakdown segment in the coming weeks and months. And I have alluded to it. I have talked about it, yelled about it, screamed about it. Starting next week, episode 102, July the 28th, we start six straight episodes, six straight weekends of live music reviews. Next week, Foreigner and Loverboy. You know this. We've talked about this ad nauseum because this is the first one. In addition to Foreigner and Loverboy, we're maybe thinking about diving back into that massive three-act, three-CD project from the Smashing Pumpkins, Autumn. The first act, the first disc was so underwhelming. But if we're going to give you a fair review when we go to see them in concert in September with Rival Sons, 
gotta digest this album. Gotta, gotta force it down, kids. Just like your green beans and your broccoli when you were six years old. You force it down. Otherwise, you don't get to eat the steak and the mashed potatoes, and you don't get dessert. How can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? Oh, God, I can't believe I just quoted that idiot. The following week, episode 103, dropping on August the 4th. Again, possibly, maybe, depending on if Act 2, Disc 2 of Autumn was good enough, we might review the third disc slash act of Autumn on August the 4th. But we know another live concert review. Party Gras. Party Gras. Brett Michaels put this together. He will perform along with Night Ranger, Jefferson Starship. I'll probably take a break when Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray performs. And then I believe Steve Algary, who had a little brief stint as Journey's lead singer, will appear as well. Looking forward to Party Gras. And we will review that for you in two weeks. And going three weeks out, we're going three weeks out. Episode 104 will drop on August the 11th. We will have a review of Matchbox 20 live. And we will also have a review of the second album from Wolfgang Van Halen. Yes, Mammoth WVH. Mammoth 2 will be our featured album review, along with a concert review of Rob Thomas and Company. Yeah, I know. I know. You're sitting there going, here we go. We're moving on to songs. Peter Gabriel and the Pretenders. I will get to them at some point. I promise. I swear. Cross my heart and hope to die. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Still looking at the pretenders, let the, let the sun come in, and I think about you daily. Still looking at Peter Gabriel, Road to Joy, and Four Kinds of Horses. We talked about Dirty Honey earlier. Came very close to including this song this week in the breakdown segment, but one or two more listens, one or two more listens, so next week. We will review Dirty Honey's brand new song, Won't Take Me Alive. And then we've also finally got a second single from Alice Cooper's brand new album. This one featuring this song featuring Tom Morello, great guitarist, jerkwad of a human being. But I can separate the two. White Line Frankenstein. Coming up here within the next week or two on the Fortress of Rock. So that is going to do it for episode 101 here July the 21st, 2023. I'm heading out to see a live rock and roll show. Cannot wait. 
I've seen Foreigner once before. I've seen Loverboy once before. This is the kind of concert that, if it doesn't cost a ton of money, and of course, I've bragged about these lawn passes, hopefully the weather will cooperate throughout most of these shows. But Foreigner and Loverboy is like a no-pressure show. You know what you're going to get. You know the songs you're going to get. They don't have any new music out. They're going to play hits. All the hits. All the songs you know. Now, sometimes that's good. Sometimes it sucks. But in this case... I'm not buying a shirt. I don't, I've already got a foreigner shirt. Loverboy usually doesn't really have good concert shirts. Don't ask me why. Party Gras next weekend. Maybe. Again, depending on the styles. Another band that's going to be at Party Gras talking about bands that don't usually have great concert shirts because I am a concert shirt aficionado. I probably have about 75 concert shirts. Night Ranger never really put out a great concert shirt. And you guys know I love Night Ranger. I love them. But they never really put out a great concert shirt. They put out generic, you go to the, the the booth, the stand, when you go see Night Ranger, and they're just generic. Not Half the time, most of the time, they don't have tour dates on them, which is a major faux pas with me. Very, very rarely, very rarely have I ever bought a t-shirt at a concert that did not have tour dates on it. Once or twice, Maybe. I did with Living Color, did it with Alter Bridge, but now with Alter Bridge, I already had a shirt from another tour that had dates on it, so I was okay. I was okay with buying on the last tour, the Pawns and Kings tour, because the shirt was just awesome, even though it didn't have tour dates on it. But 95% of the time, I need tour dates. Loverboy never has great shirts. Night Ranger doesn't have good shirts. So we'll see. We'll see what happens down the road. Matchbox 20, I don't see. This could be a long drought for me in terms of buying shirts. But the good thing is that's, again, a no-pressure situation for me. I don't have to worry about wasting time, standing in line, spending 40 50 bucks. I can just relax, hang out with my friends, have a couple cheap beers, because I know where to find the cheap beer at the Ruoff Music Center in Noblesville, Indiana. As long as they haven't changed things, I know where to find cheap beer. Yes, cheap beer at a rock concert. That's why I'm the maestro and you're not. But enough. Enough with my ranting and raving. I'm getting excited thinking about a concert, energy level, building up, building up. I hope you guys have a phenomenal weekend. Maybe you're seeing a live show. 
I hope that you are, and I hope you enjoy it. Again, no pressure this weekend for me. Foreigner and lover boy, just going to lay back, enjoy the hits, have some fun. You guys have fun as well. Love the one you're with. We will check you out again here on the Fortress of Rock in seven days. I am the Maestro. Peace out.